1: put the spring back into your step and into your home too shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent. up to 45 percent off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply
2: broadcasting live from the hyundai studio presented to you by your local hyundai dealers this is where chicago goes to talk bears sports radio 670 the score chicago's home for bears fans wscr and hd chicago wbmx hd2 chicago is live on the free Odyssey app. The score! Score!
3: It's last week of NFL buys. Bears are one of them. That makes sense, Shield. On the second Sunday in December, let's have a bunch of buys. But as always, we'll cover betting angles for the entire Week 14 slate. Is it time to buy the Bulls? And Army-Navy has one of the most ridiculous trends in all of sports. Welcome to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. I'm broadcasting live from the score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. All right, Bears are off, Packers are off, so it's a great week to bring in our buddy Ryan Horvath. BetMGM tonight at Ryan Horvat 6 to 10 on the BetQL Network. Find it 105.9 FM, HD2 on your car radio, Odyssey app, Twitch, YouTube. All those good spots where you also check out my show, BetQL Daily, 8 to 11 a.m. weekdays. And, uh, Ryan, we do usually start with Bears-Packers, but those teams are completely irrelevant because it looks like they'll both be on the outside looking in, even though I know that you believe deep down that uh, your Packers will find a way to sneak into the playoff picture in the NFC.
4: I don't think that they're going to sneak into the playoff picture in the NFC, but I'd be a liar if I was going to tell you that I wasn't looking at odds for them to sneak into the playoffs. So, by the way... Plus eight twenty. If you shop around, that would be the price. So you're getting better than eight to one odds on the Packers to sneak into the playoffs. Would you ra- would you rather bet Packers eight to one or Lions seven to one to make the postseason? I knew you were going there, and I was just going to say I like the Lions seven to yes. one. It's one of the games we're going to talk about. Yes. I like them this week against Minnesota. Not so much now. I mean, I think that that number is getting a little bit out of control. I definitely liked it on the open when it was a pick or they were plus one. Man, Detroit's moving in the right direction right now. And uh, I'm going to have to delete some old tweets because I was calling <laughs> Me Dan Campbell, too. a glorified gym teacher. Oh, I yeah. was making fun of that entire coaching staff after hard knocks when they were doing the up downs. It was uh-huh. like, okay, this stuff's cute in the preseason. But when you're one and four, it's less cute. And now all of a sudden the offense is humming. I mean, I know it's the Jacksonville Jags, but they just scored 40 points. Goff's playing his best football since the year he took the Rams or the year that they went to the Super Bowl with him behind center. And they're getting healthier too. Swift's getting healthier. On defense, Akuda's been playing better. Yeah. I I think that's a really good pick right there, you know, especially if you're getting seven to one.
3: It's just going to be a matter of when those NFC East teams are not making the playoffs. Like one of them has to have a bunch of losses down the final stretch. Maybe the tie comes back to haunt you if you're the Lions, but yeah, like they're part of this now. They have a one and six start and then they go four and one. And then you take a look at at who's left. They're favored to win this game at home. I think a lot of NFL fans would take a look at the schedule and not say this is the game of the week. But, Ryan, in our world, in the sports betting world, I think it is because you have so many mainstream people that are confused by this point spread. And maybe it's gone a little bit too far. But Lions being favored in this spot, even though they're five and seven and the Vikings are 10 and two, it's not outlandish. We know the luck factor. And their defense stinks. Yards per play, they're worse than the Chicago Bears. And offensively, they have had some issues over the last few weeks. And and the Lions, they've turned it around. Their offensive weapons are healthy now. They're on the field. And when you break down the metrics comparing uh, the Lions to the Vikings, the Lions are flat out better. And as bad as Detroit's defense is, so is Minnesota's. So they're like equal on that front.
4: Yeah, I said this on the show, you know, and people like find this hard to believe. I said the Lions right now are a better football team than Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's had a lot of luck. I mean, for example, look at their big wins this season. I mean, look at their losses. Let's start there. Look at that week two loss to Philadelphia where they didn't even show up. It was Kirk Cousins in prime time again. The defense is very fraudulent. The pass rush has improved. You know, you bring in a guy like Zadarius Smith, but the problem is he's never healthy for a full season. He's been dinged up. You know, that secondary you could take advantage of. It's been, I mean, they forced some turnovers this season, but you look at that game against Philadelphia early on in the season. They got blown out when they stepped up in class. I know that they picked up that win over the Bills, but look how fraudulent that win was. I mean, all Josh Allen, all the Bills had to do was take the safety. They win that football game. Uh, One of the flukier wins you'll ever see in the NFL. And then you have the Lions, like you said. I mean, they're just right now. St. Brown's the best wide receiver in the NFC North, definitely. I think he's top 10 in the NFC, definitely. Swift's finally yeah. healthy. Jamal Williams has had a great season. Oh, and yeah. even defensively, you know, the Lions have been a mess, but Okuda's finally playing like a number one overall pick, uh, their corner. And then Hutchinson, he's been solid, obviously. I think he's the real deal. The Lions have covered four consecutive games against the Vikings. They've covered five straight games. I'm with you. I think the Vikings are a very fraudulent team, whereas Detroit, I ragged on them all season. They might be for real. And I love them on Sunday. I love Jared Goff in this 1 p.m. Eastern window. He's 25 and 13 against the I know that's a dumb trend, but he's covered five in a row since 2022. And if it's Goff, it's not a standalone game. There's no pressure. I always like him. It's kind of the same situation with Kirk Cousins. But right now, that's the other thing. Jared Goff's playing better football than Kirk Cousins. Minnesota's not Bottom winning line. the game because of Cousins. Yeah, I like Detroit a lot this week and moving forward. Yeah, if you look at the last
3: month offensively for Detroit, they're number two in the NFL in EPA per play. They're number three in the NFL in success rate. Like This is legitimate, and it, it felt like we got the peak earlier this week, a few days ago when it hit two and a half. The number has been coming down. It floated down to two, one and a half. It just seems like it's not getting the three, and we're not going to Minnesota being favored. And as long as it's under a field goal, it sounds like you're good with that. Are you? I am.
4: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I grabbed Detroit uh, on the open actually Sunday night, and then, um, or Monday morning, I should say. And then, you know, I was like, okay, this is probably going to close at pick. So I'll just grab the plus one. And then I was shocked when we got up to two and a half, you know, we talked with some people, Patrick Everson out in Las Vegas, and I was like, any chance we get to three, I just don't see it happening. I think we're going to close at pick, but I could be wrong here, but I love Detroit, man. Anything under three, I love Detroit. I think they win this game. I also don't hate, you know, just going with the money line, you know, because we've seen, we could see some fluky stuff obviously happen if this does close at two and a half, but I definitely think Detroit wins this game outright
3: okay we agree a whole lot and people that listen to your regular visits on this show uh can pick that up and we agree with that pick there's a game we disagree with so much that we are on opposite sides so i want you to lay out your case for jumping on the big underdog the broncos
4: going against the chiefs so this is the disgusting game of the week right here right like the The Broncos are a mess, man. In fact, I just went back and watched the L-22 of the last couple weeks, and Russell Wilson, he might be finished. He might be washed, man. Like, I thought maybe, okay, Hackett's clearly not the answer. He's probably, he's definitely going to be fired. You know, it's just, is he going to be fired in season or after the season? They've just been an absolute mess. But defensively, I mean, this defensive unit for the Broncos, even after trading away a guy like Bradley Chubb, they're comparable to the year that they carried Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. they're a mess offensively, but I really like them defensively. I think they could keep this game close. I think everybody's thinking, okay, a nice bounce back spot revenge game for Patrick Mahomes because he can't beat Cincinnati. He's 0-3 against Joe Burrow. So you can look at the bounce back spot. I just think 9.5, I think that's too many points. I think the numbers should be 8, 8.5. I know how bad Denver's been offensively, but I think the defense yep. can carry them. Here's my concern, though, and here's where I understand where you're coming from. My concern is what week do we see Denver's defense just completely give up because mm-hmm. they go out there every week, right? And then their offense gives them nothing in return. What week? There's a lot of veterans, you know, I know, but like what week do they just say, screw it, man, what, what, what are we going to do? We're, we're going to hold this, t- the opposing team to 10, 13 points and the offense is only going to score three after we paid the quarterback, all this money, this off to bring him in here. So Uh, That's my concern, but I think they could keep it close. I think the numbers should be eight. The closer we get, the less I like it.
3: So I'm on the other side. I like the Chiefs. It's the only big number that I'm willing to lay here at nine and a half. Chiefs, not great against the spread. Mahomes, when he's favored by a lot of points, not very good against the spread. So I, I understand that. Your points understood on that Broncos defense. When you look at the numbers, they're easily top five. I'd say probably top three. They don't give up much. And you're not asking for a ton offensively just to be able to cover the 10, you would think, right? I'll say this about the Denver defense. I don't want to take anything away from them, but they haven't faced any good offenses. Nothing even close to what Kansas City is. Last week, yeah, it was Lamar. Barely, because then he got injured. Before that, it was Carolina. So you've had Derek car a couple of times. It looks like that's the best quarterback they faced all season. Geno Smith early in the year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They really haven't faced anybody. yet. This version of Justin Herbert, we can't put him in that elite category because his offensive line has been missing pieces, and the same thing on the outside with him all year. So I wonder, are they really as great as the numbers may suggest? We know the offense is just putrid, and Russ is under pressure more than any quarterback in the NFL. Just. Every metric will tell you they can't move the football. They can't score points. And the Chiefs have the number one offense. And this number one offense is coming off a loss. Perfect 3-0 in the division for Kansas City. I feel like we do have that conversation of when is Denver's defense going to finally give up. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is the spot. I like the Chiefs. I just think they're going to lay it on them, man.
4: And I mean, I mean, these are really good points. And if you look at it like last week, right, they go against Lamar Jackson for a quarter. And then it's Tyler Huntley. Before that, it's Carolina. And look at the mess they've had with with the quarterback situation. Then it was Derek Carr. Uh, It was Ryan Tannehill. It was Jacksonville. I completely see where you're coming from here. And I hope this isn't one I'm overthinking. I look at the number at nine and a half. Obviously, I would love Denver at 10. And I don't know if we get to 10. So nine and a half, I think that's just telling you everything you need to know here. And I'm going to take a shot with the Broncos. They'll most likely let me down once again. I, if you remember, I came on here in August and made the case for Russell Wilson as an MVP candidate uh, with the narrative being he's never even. <laughs> vote. I don't think yeah. that one's coming home, man.
3: <laughs> that, one's, uh, that one's not going to cash. All right. Here's one that I think we're both on the same side of and i keep hearing the same thing from a lot of the public and it makes me feel even better about this there is a lot of confusion on the carolina seattle line it started higher then it drifts down to three and a half and now we have been touching the fours kind of in that dead zone right now a lot of public betters are wait wait seattle at home I only have to win by a little bit more than a field goal against Carolina. Why? I don't understand this number. Give me the Seattle Seahawks. What say you?
4: Yeah, I jumped all over this at four. You know, I'm comfortable with this at three and a half love grabbing the four here. Wish I would have jumped on it even earlier, but you do get the Panthers who, let's be honest. They're not a great football team. They're not a good football team, but they're not mathematically eliminated in that division either. Big win for the box, obviously in prime time, a couple nights ago, but we're off the buy here. Sam Darnold, Actually, didn't look all that bad. Baker Mayfield was an absolute disaster to start the season. Seattle's been a fun story, man, but they've kind of come back down to earth, right? Like, especially Uh defensively, the first six weeks of the season, they were like 31st in DVOA. They looked like they were going to be a historically bad defense. Then all of a sudden, they had this one month, four week stretch where they were top 10 in DVOA. Now they've come back down to earth. Carolina's defense, that's pretty much the only thing that they have going for them. They're still showing up, they're still competing in these games. Sam Darnold, like I said, didn't play half bad. I think that the Panthers are alive in this game. I think they're going to keep this game close. They've covered three consecutive games. I also, it's a stupid trend, but I like road teams that are traveling from the Eastern time zone to the Pacific. They performed well. They've went 62-41-5 and five against the spread since 2016, covering at a 60% clip. And if you look at Carolina, there's 35-17 and 2 against the spread in that span. 67% they're covering there. You have the Seahawks. They're coming off a road game in Los Angeles against the Rams teams playing in Los Angeles, Atlanta, New York, Vegas, Miami, any of the party cities, new Orleans 34 55 and two against the spread over the last two seasons. That's Mm -hmm. a trend. I do believe in man. So I just think everything's pointing in the Panthers direction. There's a good chance they lose this game by 20 and I'm off. (laughs) Yeah. I I love Carolina.
3: Yeah. And then then you're kicking yourself. Oh, I believed in Sam Darnold. What the hell is wrong with me? Uh, We've all been there at some point in our betting careers. Okay, I agree with you. First off, you don't want to ever base your betting on the status of a running back situation. But do the Seahawks have a running back? Like they're all injured. Walker, D.J. Dallas, Travis Homer. I don't know what they're going to end up doing now. Offensively, they're still good. And they they needed to come back uh, late touchdown last week against the Rams and that was surprising that it even got that far. DK Metcalf came through in the clutch. Okay, offensively, they're doing just fine, but you are right. They are back to being a bottom five unit on the defensive side of the ball, and that's disappointing because it looked like a lot of the young players were getting it, and, and they were improving a ton, but this is going to happen with young players, and now we're they're regressing back to the other way, and when you look at the Panthers, since firing Matt Rule, Doesn't it seem like it's more of a professional outfit now? And and there's no more questions about the quarterback. They understand that it's going to be uh, Sam Darnold at this point. And scoring has been a problem. I get that. But flying under the radar, Horvian, and and not the greatest offenses they face. But I think we do have to give them credit. Defensively, over the last month, they've been awesome. Last month, they are number two in the NFL in EPA per play. Last few weeks, number five in the league in defensive yards per play. And I think they have a shutdown cornerback in J.C. Horn. Mm -hmm. Quarterback rating allowed when he's targeted third best in the NFL. So maybe he's going to take care of D.K. Metcalf coming up tomorrow. So I'm with you, man. I understand why people are confused by this line, but I like the Panthers.
4: Yeah, I like Carolina a lot in this spot. And also... You know, I kind of bought into him after not only they fire Matt Rule, but also they kind of trim the fat in that locker room. Like Robbie Anderson had that breakdown on the sideline, and it was all right, see you, Robbie Anderson. And it looked like they were just going to go full tank mode. Not that you could really do that in the NFL, but they were just going right. to butcher that roster. They trade away Christian McCaffrey, and you're thinking, okay, a 26 year old running back. And I know McCaffrey's more than just the back, but. And then all of a sudden, though, Brian Burns, you know, the Rams and all these teams are offering two first round picks. And they turned that down it was like okay well maybe you know maybe they're going to compete here you know maybe some of these guys in that locker room are going to buy in the second half of the season and they've been much more competitive uh which just shows how bad matt rule was in that position mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, i love carolina moving forward great points about the defense they've been really good here the last couple weeks and really all season long
3: early odds of joe ostrowski sports radio 670 the score my guest ryan horvat bet mgm tonight on the betql network let's go to prime time some people would make the argument that this is the game of the week and it's certainly fair it's going to be exciting tua against justin herbert sunday night football uh ryan there is a reason that this line bumped from three up to three and a half miami the road favorite and i know that's the the side that you jumped on but uh you know the Dolphins. We know about the scoring. We know what they can do offensively. Maybe Tyreek is your offensive player of the year. To I don't know that he's still in the MVP conversation. Probably dropped out of that after last week. But here's what people have not noticed. The Miami defense has actually been pretty good. When you take a look at the numbers uh, against the past that has been their struggle this season, but they're going against the chargers team. that just continues to be beat up. The offensive line is in shambles. They're always missing weapons on the outside and Staley's team can't stop anybody they can never stop the run but they can't stop anybody going against an explosive offense i don't care that you're at home i'm gonna have to fade you
4: the charger six and six record is probably better than they actually are completely agree and that's a team that i kind of bought into coming into the season i love justin herbert don't really love the wide receiver room just because keenan allen and mike williams really struggled to stay on the field the thing about brandon staley everybody loved him year one Right. That was cute for eight weeks, but he's supposed to be this defensive genius. And the defense has actually regressed the last two years under him. And then I hate the play calls under Joe Lombardi. Joe Lombardi still calls games Uh. like Drew Brees is behind center and not Justin Herbert. So I feel bad for Justin Herbert. Then on the defensive side of the ball, I know there have been injuries. I bought into them because. You had a motivated Cleo Mack, who's actually been really good this season. And then on the other side, you had Joey Bosa. The problem is Bosa gets injured right away. J.C. Jackson was a complete bust. He's been one of the better corners in the league the last three years in New England. Now we see why Belichick was you know, comfortable letting him go. He's been injured in and out of the lineup. They've just been a huge letdown, really, on the defensive side of the ball. It's pretty much just Justin Herbert trying to keep them in games every single week. I feel like it's the same Chargers, you know, as eight years ago when we were watching Phillip Rivers every week in the same situation. So mm-hmm. I know Miami looked awful last week. The crazy thing about last week, Tua got rid of the ball quickly. I loved San Francisco in that spot last week because obviously Tua was was without his two starting tackles. We'll see how healthy they are in this game, but I don't think it's really going to matter. He was getting rid of the ball quickly. It was weird in that game because Tua, whether you're a Tua fan or not, the one thing he has going for him. He's the most accurate quarterback in the league. He was off. He was missing throws that he usually makes. But it looks like he's healthy. He's going to play in this game. I think this is the perfect, almost like a buy low spot here for Miami. I think they're going to win this game. Uh, I think the number's right. And uh, I'll be fading the Chargers moving forward the rest of the season. They've been a huge letdown this year. And with Miami, you made a good point about offensive player of the year with Tyreek. I do think he wins the award. I took a stab with Josh Jacobs just because, obviously, contract year. He's been on fire the last six weeks of the season. But with Tua, you know, we had a lot of people on that were buying into the Tua MVP stock. The only reason that I never did, Tua's not the MVP of his own team. No. The best offensive player of his team. That's Tyree no. Kill. I yes. love Jalen Waddle. I love, you know, McDaniel calling the plays. But Tyree Kill is the reason, you know, that that's a eight-win football team right now. He's He's more explosive than he's ever been. Tua was
3: never going to be the guy getting the credit for the Dolphins' success this year. Head coach, wide receiver, sure. Not QB. All right, Horvy, I know you've got time for uh, one more. Throw one more NFL game we have not discussed. We hit four of them already. Uh, what you got?
4: All right, so here's another one where I faded the Eagles last week. I knew I was on the wrong side in the second quarter of that game. A.J. Brown, my God. Uh, I took the Titans last week. This week, I'm going to fade the Eagles once again. I grabbed the Giants. I like the Giants. Anything plus seven, seven and a half, you know, anything over six, I do like here. Eagles coming off that big win over the Titans. That really seemed like it was A.J. Brown's Super Bowl. The thing that surprised me, the reason I like Tennessee, uh, the Eagles defense, I think a little bit overrated, especially their run defense. Now, they're getting a little bit healthier. I know they brought in a guy like Sue, but they completely shut down Derrick Henry. But I still think you could get them on the ground. They've struggled against the run. They've also really struggled as good as their secondary has been this season. They're built to take away the explosive pass play. They really struggle on those short little passes, you know, seven yards, nine yards down the field. I think that that's what Daniel Jones will be able to do a little bit in this game. I think Saquon should have a pretty solid day. I like the uh, Giants. You know, we got this divisional game, anything over a touchdown. Again, the Eagles 7-16 and against the spread on the road since 2020. They're the least profitable team against the spread in that span. They're one and six against the spread on the road against the NFC East since 2020. These games are always tight. And mm-hmm. Daniel Jones, three and one against the number against the Eagles. He's only faced Jalen Hurts once uh, last season as a three and a half point dog. They beat him 13 seven. Obviously, this is a different uh, Eagles team this season, but I like Daniel Jones in this spot 11 and five against the spread against the NFC East in his career. So we'll take a shot with the Giants plus seven.
3: Let me get your quick reaction on one more. We haven't talked about that. I like, wait, we're talking about a seven point move from Lamar to Tyler Huntley, a guy that does have experience and you have one of the smarter coaches in the league on your side. And this Ravens defense is finally turning things around over the last month. Soft schedule. like A lot of the numbers like the Ravens more than I do in general, but Now they're an underdog against the Pittsburgh Steelers laying two and a half points. I like Pittsburgh and I like that their defense is uh, finally healthy. I think Pickett's going to be pretty good, but overall there are things to be concerned about here. I'm getting points and I'm the Ravens. We know this game. We've seen this game. How many times it's going to be close. Uh, Give me the points. Give me the two and a half. What do you think?
4: So I'm really glad that you brought this game up. I've wanted to talk about this actually all week long and I really didn't get to it on my show. So this is a spot that I had circled two weeks ago, but for different reasons, my hope was we were going to get the three before kickoff with Baltimore. And I was going to be able to just absolutely hammer the Steelers. Yes. It was going to be my favorite spot this season. Gotcha. But now I'm with you. Now I really like Baltimore. Yes. You know, I would love a three. I like the two and a half. I think they're going to win this game outright with Huntley with a full week to prepare. He was solid last year. You know, I know they lost a lot of those games, but also Mm -hmm. it was because they were really aggressive. You know, that game where they go to Lambeau Field and they go for two rather than just kicking the extra point, which is a Harbaugh staple. But usually he's doing it with Lamar Jackson. I like Baltimore. I'm with you. It was one of the first plays that I made. But man, I was really hoping to get the Steelers as three point dogs at home. I was really mm-hmm. hoping that Lamar could stay healthy. That that crushed me last week.
3: Had the exact same angle. I've been betting the Steelers a lot lately, and I was looking to do that. But now if favored, come on. No, not interested in that. Ryan Horvath, follow him on Twitter by his name at Ryan Horvat, host of Bet MGM Tonight, BetQL Networks weeknights six to ten. Thank you, Horvy. Best of luck uh, with with all your bets. And uh, I know I know you got Army Navy under or what today? Army,
4: Navy under, of course, I took a (laughs) little stab with the Navy. I was thinking about actually going to the game, two-hour drive. And one more, one more for you, plus 350 Ohio State to win the national title. They're probably going to lose to Georgia. I know Georgia right now at BetMGM minus 145. It's like, look at this, though, really quickly. We did this last year where Georgia got embarrassed by Alabama in the SEC title game and then still closed. As the favorite in the national title game, I hammered Georgia in the national title game, it was my favorite bet all season, Ohio State all season long everybody we've talked with, who plays Georgia competitive on a neutral field, everybody answered Ohio State, they had one really bad day at home against a good Michigan team, now everybody's treating them, you know, like their TCU, who I think is going to get blown out by Michigan, so look at it like this, I love Ohio State plus 350, because if we do get the game part two in the national title game, you could still take Michigan plus three. They're still going to close as underdogs, even though they blew out, you know, Ohio state in that matchup. So I like taking a shot with the Buckeyes plus three fifty. I think they're live against Georgia.
3: There he is. That's my fault, guys. I opened the door for some college football with horvy He's always going to kick the door down like he's a godfather in WWE. Thanks, horvy Thank you. Joe Ostrowski here and on Twitter, at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. Follow me. Lost some followers since Elon Musk took over. Our buddy Jim Miller has been more on the money that I'm used to giving him credit for with the NFL. We've got season props. Is this the bottom of the Bulls market? And NBA MVP covered next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back. You've got early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score time to bring in weekly contributor Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. And Jim has had an amazing year in the NFL. So listen up to what he's saying. We're in a uh, Chicago media contest together. And Jim is sitting in second place, 37 and ATS. Maybe, Jim, uh, you can hit that 60% mark. Very tough to do in the National Football League. But I want to give you a little bit of credit here. I mean, I I feel like you've seen the league clearer than I have this season. And you've had some really strong calls. And, you know, just dive all the way in. You are Lions, boy. You are restoring the roar (laughs) as you have trashed the Bears, rightfully so, all season long. It just took me a little bit longer, but it hit me on Monday that there there is going to be one big hurdle, which uh, could determine things in week number 18, and I'm alluding to that Giants-Commanders tie, but if one of these teams misses the playoffs out of the NFC East, the door is wide open for your, your Lions to make the playoffs. And you can
2: still find them at 7-1 to to make the playoffs, Joe. How crazy is that? But that tie could play huge because they're not going to tie again. So one of them, whoever loses that game, I believe is out. Mm -hmm. So then you're sitting there, okay, is there the potential that the other could drop out too? There is because those teams are not that good. So then it puts the Seahawks in the mix. It brings the Lions in the mix. And like we mentioned, Joe, the Lions probably have to get to that nine victory mark. Would you have ever imagined in the world, though, that this week, a Lions-Vikings matchup would see the Lions favored going into that matchup?
3: Yes. This is the most fascinating game of the weekend for sports bettors, because nationally, what we're seeing from some of the pundits is, I can't believe the Lions are favored. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Look at the record. But we take a deeper dive here. We yeah. look at all of the numbers, and it's not just about the Vikings' luck, which is off the charts with going nine and zero, a perfect nine and zero, in one score games. And things have fallen their way, like Barrios dropping the ball in the end zone at the end of the game last week. But when you dive into all of the these metrics, okay, the point spread is telling you that the Lions are better than the Vikings. Okay, it's home field is not two and a half, guys. They are saying. Lions better than the Vikings. And when you look at a lot of the numbers, they say Lions better than the Vikings. Like if you get into net yards per play, DVOA, you know, some of the metrics like EPA, I just line them all up. They actually are saying the Lions are better than the Vikings. And as bad as the Lions defense is, they're probably on par with Detroit's defense playing better right now. And Detroit has won four of their last five games. So I totally get it why the Lions are favored in this spot. Well, and here's the thing about it. Okay. Aiden Hutchinson
2: has clearly come into his own. That's one of the keys defensively. You mentioned it. Everybody keeps wanting to pile on, on the Lions, give up all these points. They give up all these points. They did the first half of the season. Yeah. Last week, they only gave up 14. Okay. They gave up 28 to the bills who are great. Okay. 18 to the giants, 30 to the bears. Wasn't good then nine to the pack, but you're looking at the fact that their defense is starting to play better. You're looking at the fact Jared Goff is thrown for over 3,000 yards this year. Think about that. That's a pretty solid number for a guy that everybody was hammering on, and they said he had no weapons. It was going to be a run game, and that was it. This is a team that's starting to come around. I have my fingers crossed that they can keep doing so and keep playing good football. You have your two-headed monster in the backfield, What about Amon Ross St. Brown? This is a guy who's coming to his
3: own as a pretty
2: Mm -hmm. good receiver in the league as well.
3: They're healthy. They're healthy. The guy you just mentioned, he's on the field now. Swift is on the field now. Uh, How do you feel about Jamal Williams? I can't believe he's still plus money to be the rushing touchdown leader. You gave this out like over a month ago on this show when there was more value, but it's still plus money, and he has a two-touchdown lead. I thought it was pretty interesting last week that Swift started to get more work than he'd seen in previous weeks.
2: Here's the thing, though. He is the goal back, and he's the goal back for a team that is going to have to win games. They're going to score points against the Vikings, so the opportunities are going to be there. All right, then it's a tough matchup against the Jets, but look who they finished the season out with. Panthers a team who they should score against and beat a Bears the team that they've already shown they can score against and beat and then what are the Packers going to be in the final week of the season they may have just tossed in the towel by then anyway the Lions are going to be playing meaningful games Jamal Williams is the goal line back this is a guy that I still think is going to be able to say hey you can bet him to score an anytime touchdown every single week the rest of the way and have that potential to make money.
3: I've got an angle for receiving leader. I know you do as well. Curious yeah. to see if we're on the same page. But uh, speaking of Jamal Williams, you had an angle for rushing leader. For rushing leader, it's just a little bit interesting because you talk about some guys
2: that are playing some meaningful games and guys that are playing meaningful games that are chasing but provide a little bit of value. Looking mm-hmm. at Derrick Henry in the backfield right now, this is a team that is trying to kind of figure things out for what they're going to do. They're in the playoff mix right now. They're at seven and five, and he's looking right around five to one to be the leading rusher. And then what about Saquon Barkley, a guy who can go off at any time. But again, you know, the giants are going to be life and death all the way to the end of the season to try to make the playoffs. He's at nine or 10 to one. And one of these guys is going to need a huge game, but you never know what's going to happen on the other side of town over there in Las Vegas is Jacobs going to continue to churn out these big games, especially if they fall out of playoff contention where you have a couple other guys that could be in contention and provide some value.
3: Yeah. It could just uh, be Jacobs in the end. Henry, I know this is so dangerous and and we consider this every year and then he takes off at the end. I think this might be it for Henry. Based on how he's played over the last month, this might finally be the end of the road. He has been terrible over the last month. So if he's going to turn on, it's got to happen right now for the Titans. And they're going to need him with that Burks injury last week going out with the concussion. He was turning it on. So they're going to go heavy Henry to end the season. So he's going to have some opportunities. It's up to him uh, to get something done. What about receiving? I wonder if we're on the same page here. What are you thinking?
2: Well, I mean, Tyreek Hill is the favor right now. Yep. What about Stephon Diggs? Seven and a half to one. He's only chasing by about 150 yards. And you look at some of Hill's matchups, Going on to the end of the season, okay, you have the Jets at the end of the year who have been pretty solid defensively. The Bills have their potential to play pretty good defensively. The Packers' secondary is not bad by any means. So three of the last five matchups that you have for the Dolphins could be pretty tough, at least from a secondary standpoint, where somebody could make up a little bit of ground. Galaxy Stephon Diggs, he has that huge play potential. He has that 150 yards in a game potential at any point. He can probably do it multiple times to close out the year.
3: I do think Tyreek can get caught. If you look at the Miami schedule to close the season, there are some potential rough weather spots. And, you know, it's a Miami team playing in that weather. How are they going to be able to move it through the air to a, with the lighter arm? I, I do think somebody can catch Tyreek. You went with Diggs third. I'm focused on second. Justin. Jefferson so this weekend you've got the Detroit Lions defense that's indoors then a home game against Indianapolis home game against the Giants bad defense at the Packers than at the Bears Bears. to close out the season. That Bears game, maybe they're playing for that one seed, and we know the Bears are by far the worst defense in the NFL. I think it really sets up for Jefferson to take off. And, Jim, if Jefferson is the receiving leader this year, I think he's going to be your offensive player of the year.
2: I think he's got huge potential to be offensive player of the year, and we've talked about that because that has really kind of been wide open for who's going to take that title down. Everybody was saying Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill. Jefferson has put up massive numbers, and the thing, too, with him, those numbers come with touchdowns, and that's the big thing. Tyreek Hill is getting a ton of yardage. Jalen Waddell is the guy that's been getting a ton of touchdowns over Miami. That could be the deciding factor in the end.
3: Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score with weekly contributor Jim Miller here of Hawthorne Course. And, uh, Jim, I know you wanted to touch on the Bulls, and it's been, what, a, uh, a smaller sample size, small-ish, but, hey, still a quarter of the season if you haven't been paying attention, and it has been quite disappointing. A lot of steam on the under over the summer on the Bulls with all the injury concerns, and that move was correct. It closed 42 and a half wins to start the season. And Jim, since we've started the year, if you take a look at the live win total, it has dropped five full victories. The Bulls win total is 37 and a half.
2: Isn't this the time to bet them to go over that number now, though? Look at the schedule that they've played. Okay, brutal West Coast trip, very tough trip, but it's a tough trip every year. They've already played Boston and defeated them. They've played Mm -hmm. Milwaukee and defeated them. But it's been such a tough schedule to open the season. Things get so much easier now. They're 10 and 14 through their first 24 games to open the season. You're only looking at 37 and a half now. you got to get to 38. You look at the remainder of their schedule. I think they can get to that number, be somewhere around 40 when all is said and done. But I think 37 and a half. Seems to be a little bit exaggerated just based on how they opened up the season.
3: I think you're right. It's probably the low point. I don't know if you want to wait till after tonight because you've got Luca and the Mavs in town or maybe after Atlanta, something like that. But New York back to back coming up, soft matchup there. So, yeah, there are some openings here. They've gone through the tough part of the schedule. I like what you're thinking, buying at the very bottom of the market. There is one positive thing. I mentioned this on Mullion Haw the other day, uh, something worth taking a look at. Uh, in Bulls games, they are dominating in one aspect. Now, you know, it takes a little work to dig up stuff like this. But if you just bet the Bulls in the third quarter, you've been doing great this year. You are 17-7 and against the spread yeah that's better than 70%, man.
2: That's amazing, but a lot of yeah. it has to do just with the way Billy Donovan handles his bench. When he moves guys in and out, the way he's trying to get that rotation going, and it does pay off. They make these little runs. That's the thing about the NBA. The NBA is a league of runs. You get down 20, and it doesn't mean the game's over by any means, and the Bulls have shown that to you time and again and again. They just beat Washington the other night. Okay, mm-hmm. they played badly. They were bad for basically three quarters of the game, but they can put together that six-minute spurt at any time, and that's the thing about it. And if they can stay healthy, at least for the big three, DeRozan, Levine, and Vooch, then it's a team that can be competitive, and they can put up a lot of points. They're showing that they can definitely score this season,
3: too. It's funny. We were thinking about a lot of the same stuff this week. We weren't going back and forth about it, but I was considering NBA MVP. There is one player that stands out with some value to me. Uh, Which player are you thinking of? Well, it was interesting. We talked before the start of the year
2: and I liked Jason Tatum and he was a huge price. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now he's the favorite. Uh, there's a couple things I want to mention. I'm shocked a little bit that Luca is not the favorite with the numbers he's putting up, but a guy that we've talked about, and especially that you've talked about year after year after year. And it seems like this is the time of the year you jump in. What about Joel Embiid? This is a guy that, okay, didn't play every game. He's played 16 games to open the season. But he's sitting there, he's scoring 32 a game. He's getting 10 rebounds a game, five assists a game, shooting Mm. over 50%. And you can get him anywhere from, say, 15 to 18 to one right now. He's always knocking on the door. If he puts a string of games together where he gets rolling, it wouldn't shock me if he's averaging 33, 34 points a game by the end of the season.
3: Yep. I see him 15 to one as the fifth favorite behind Tatum, Giannis, Luca, and Steph. Not the one that I was thinking of. Uh, Can a big man get it done? There have been many times over the last few years when he has been the flat-out favorite. It looked like yep. he was going to win the award, but the problem is he hasn't been able to make it through a season, which yep. is it's a big part of it. All right, here's my name. Little more value, okay? We are in the 30-to-1 range, and I don't understand why. Triple-double the other night, so this is why it was top of mind for me. Nobody's talking about the Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant for some reason. He started the season at seven to one, and now you can find him at thirty to one to be the NBA MVP. So you would think, oh well, okay, the numbers have to be off a little bit. Maybe it's not what we've seen in the past. Oh, contraire, points per game up a full point, up a full rebound per game, up an assists per game. And Memphis is darn good. They're going to have a higher seed in good. the West. Why is John Morant falling down to thirty to one for MVP? And the only
2: reason I can guess is because there were a handful of games that they played that he didn't play in. But you know what? That could be the benefit when all said and done at the end of the season. Like you mentioned, this is a team that is playing very well right now. John Moran is only playing 33 minutes a game. It's not like they're putting him out there for 40. So he's staying fresh. He's scoring efficiently. He's scoring effectively. But when things really matter that second half of the season, he might be the guy that is on the court. All the time and consistently, where other teams are trying to rest those stars and get ready for the playoffs, and that he may be the guy making the push at that time. But like you mentioned, everything is solid across the board for him. It, it is. It's very shocking to see that price on him right now.
3: Uh, are you going to bet LeBron three seventy to one? No, that's your guy. You're, you're LeBron and Belichick.
2: I, I, I let you to one. Come on. Can't let, can't let you off the hook with the goat bet, LeBron and Belichick.
3: Hey, you're giving me three seventy to one. Hey, you know what? Speaking <laughs> to coach of the year, though. Yeah. I, we didn't mention it when we were talking about the Lions. If the Lions make the playoffs, does why not? Campbell have a chance? He's yes. 200 to one.
2: Yes. Why not? Okay. They would be deemed one of the Cinderella stories of the season. That's what I'm saying. You would, you would have to say, and because of that, and everybody loves stories, you would have to say that he definitely has to be given consideration for that. No reason why, because otherwise, where are you looking All right, You're looking at Philly. And then after that,
3: yeah. nobody else really stands out. It's going to be tough to beat Sirianni, but if Dan Campbell does this after when they start one and six on the season, Uh, that's going to get some votes, man. That'll be interesting. All right. What about the horses today, Jim? All right. So
2: three horses, only one at Hawthorne and then going out of town for two of them. So Hawthorne race five, bet the three horse ribs on a roll to win. And then we're going to go to Oakland Park, race nine, Bet the four will secret at 10 to one across the board. And then Los Alamitos of so race number seven, bet the seven a blessed touch to win a horse that has a lot of speed. Jim Miller
3: of Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, enjoy uh, the football. You know, no no college football, man. We get Army-Navy, but that's it today. Uh, We're going to have to wait a little bit on these bowl games, tough to bet, because who's going to be playing? Uh, That waits, but uh, the NFL heading into the final stretch. Good luck. I hope you take home the contest, all right?
2: Oh man, I'm trying,
3: Joe. Thanks. And speaking of Army-Navy, I'll let you know how almost everyone is going to bet this one, and for good reason. An unreal trend? And I don't pay much attention to trends, but you've got to hear this one. You've got Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on Twitter, at Joe Ostrowski. Here's Saturday mornings 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app.
6: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: Early odds with Joe Ostrowski Saturday mornings 8 to 9 on 670 The Score. Also with you Sunday mornings. Bet MGM game day right here on The Score as well. And all three hours will air live 7 to 10 a.m. tomorrow since there's no Bears pregame show at 9 a.m. But no bears, so uh, hang out, 7 to 10 a.m. All right, the saying in the betting world is trends don't pay the rent. Trends don't pay the rent, and I agree with that most of the time. Navy is a -a 2.5-point favorite over Army this afternoon, but that isn't the story in this one. The total, only 32.5 points. They're betting it like they know the final result, and here's why. The under has hit for 16 consecutive years. 16 years in a row. Since 2005, Service Academy games are 43-9-1 to the under, good for 82% of the time. Last 10 unders have all cashed in Service Academy games. Again, here's the rub on Army-Navy today. The total is only 32.5. It got down to 36 the last two years, still went under, And now we're more than a field goal shorter than the 36. If uh, this was the total every year, the over would be hitting the majority of the time. But I'll be with the crowd just because I'm going to take the under with very little confidence. This is insane 16 times in a row. But Army has scored 34 or more. Five times this year, Navy just put up 32 a couple weeks ago against Notre Dame, 32-plus, three different times this season. I wouldn't go crazy on this one if you're just looking for a little action. uh, The entire betting world is going to be paying close attention to the total, and it wouldn't shock me if this trend finally ends today. Coming up next on the score inside the clubhouse, Cubs still the betting favorite for Dansby Swanson. We'll see if it ever happens. Cubs World Series number has dropped a tad, eighty to one down to sixty-six to one to win the World Series. White Sox rock solid at twenty-five to one. Since it doesn't look like they're going to make any significant moves. Back tomorrow morning for BetMGM Game Day with my co hosts, Jason LaConfora Confora and Devin Caney, all three hours, 7 to 10 a.m., right here on The Score. Cash those tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score.
1: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact.